This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, March 26, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has gone as far as just about any U.S. official in admitting the failure of American drug policies. But there is not much evidence, at least not yet, that the United States will change course on the overall war on drugs being waged domestically and internationally. So says Cato Institute senior fellow Doug Bandow. History doesn't give us very many examples of successful interdiction and stopping this sort of thing. I mean, you go back to alcohol prohibition, lots of stuff came in over the Canadian border. Chicago was overrun with corruption and violence. I mean, it was the nature of the the beast. If you had this high demand for a product, which frankly most uh, people thought was no problem in using, they were going to violate the law. We've seen this kind of thing in other countries. You know, Colombia, we've had you know, Plan Colombia, lots of money going in. And while they've had some impact on some drugs, overall drug uh, production and overall drug shipments have increased. You look at Afghanistan, we've got the same kind of problem. You know, how do you stop it there? They're talking about trying to involve the U.S. military. But I mean, again, high demand for the product, a lot of money being paid, very low opportunity for farmers in terms of growing other things. The same thing with Mexico. I mean, the problem is we're talking about a long, porous border. That's why we have the issue of illegal immigration. That's why a lot of drugs come in over the border. When they cracked down domestically on meth, we found a lot more came in from Mexico. It's just very hard to stop. And the Mexican government, you know, is while it's in certain ways a transitional country, is still in certain ways a third world government. It's a weak government. Its institutions are weak. Corruption is strong. I mean, if you look at what's happened at police forces, I mean, you've had even, you know, the drug czar, you've had top prosecutors, you've had top military officials, all of them implicated in the drug trade. So the notion that all you have to do is do a little more and you're going to have success, I think, where in history do we see that working? It's a tragedy that's unfolding, but I don't think there's any reason to think, you know, these kind of little adjustments and drop, you know, a few more dollars on is going to have any major impact. Is there any hope that some ideas regarding weakening the prohibitionist model that's operated for so long in the United States and abroad, largely at the behest of the United States, can be uh, tamped down in some regard because of Jeanette Napolitano, a uh, a border governor, or uh, Obama's pick for drug czar? Well, there's certainly within this administration, I think, a recognition on issues like medical marijuana, you know, a real hesitation to continue very harsh enforcement. <clears throat> very hard to explain to people, you know, why should the federal government override the wishes of state voters who say, look, if people are sick, if they're dying, let them use this, it'll help them. So I think that's progress. It's very hard, though, for somebody perceived to be on the left to take on the prohibitionist model overall. Frankly, I think that to take it on frontally in the United States, we need a former prosecutor. I mean, former Gar- uh, Governor Gary Johnson of, uh, <clears throat> you know, predecessor, you know, I mean, of New Mexico, you know, was someone who I think could do that because he had the background, conservative Republican. You know, you could see him, Kurt Schmoke, former mayor of um, Baltimore, who was a prosecutor before he became mayor. Those are people who had the credentials. I don't see that really coming from this administration. So it's going to be hard to see serious movement. If it comes... It's going to be coming from you know challenges abroad. There have long been an interest in co- other countries in trying to you know relax the prohibitionist model. They suffer the most. I mean, we complain about violence in America, but you see what's happened in Colombia. You see what's happening in Mexico. You see what's happening in these poor societies, Peru, you know, where you had you know kind of the the drug production joined up with the Maoist guerrillas. I mean, what you've seen in these societies is utterly destructive. 
former Mexican president, Vincente Fox, talked at least at one point, you know, raised the issue. But of course, the U.S. comes down very harshly, you know, threatens countries with cutting off money, threatens them with trade sanctions, threatens all sorts of things if they won't go along on this. We recently had an initiative come out of three former presidents of Latin American com- countries, including for- a former president of Mexico, raising this issue. So if, if it comes, it's going to come from a challenge where a country like Mexico or someone else says, we cannot handle this. You must change your policy. And that's going to be hard. They have to be willing to withstand a lot of pressure from Washington. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of middle ground. If you're talking about the violence in Mexico... As you point out, it's driven essentially by the immense illicit profits associated with the drug trade. You don't get to remove those illicit profits without some sort of pretty dramatic action on uh, prohibition. That's right. I mean, you ultimately, you have to say it's essentially it's no longer illegal to engage in this activity. <clears throat> and it's, you know, it's one thing to decriminalize use, and we've done that on marijuana, but so long as you have prohibition in terms of sales and bringing it in, you're still going to have a lot of the same problems. And it's important to recognize that this violence is not drug-related, it's drug-law related. We saw the same thing with alcohol during Prohibition. There are some people who misuse alcohol and commit crimes, but overall alcohol doesn't go out there and make you commit crimes. Marijuana and other drugs, it's the same thing. The tragedy is we've created this massive illegal marketplace, you know, run by really ugly, nasty people who settle their disputes through violence. The amount of money that goes through is extraordinary, especially for a poor country like Mexico. We are unbalancing that society. You know, Cancun, the army had to go in and arrest the police. I mean, you're seeing, you know, this kind of destruction of a society where this is a country that desperately needs stable and stability and peace internally to move towards a stable democracy. You know, the drug war is undermining all of that. So it's not just a question of kind of American problems over the border, and we have that. It's what's happening to Mexican society. Doug Bandow is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at cato.org.